since uh, since for the next few bunch of weeks, we're going to be working on two different parashat shavua, which is Chutzlaretz Achremot and Eretz Yisrael Kedoshim. We're going to stay with Eretz Yisrael because worse comes to worse, we learned some Torah, not so bad, and we're ready a week in advance. Uh, but it would be kind of strange to do something a week afterwards. So I'd like to take a look at a passage which is part of a very well-known group of psukim, and yet it's the passage itself which gets overlooked a lot, and that is lotikom velotitor. We'll take a look at the psukim themselves, and I'm going to raise a couple questions about them, and then suggest perhaps a broader way to look not only at those four words and the prohibition involved, but also at the broader context of the psukim. In the really the climax of the second unit of Parshat Kedoshim, uh, which focuses on interpersonal rela- relations, you have the following four psukim. Lotasu avel bamishpat, and you'll see at the end why I quoted these two psukim that are not directly on point. Don't uh, act corruptly in justice. Lotisaf nedal, don't favor the poor. Lotadar benegadol, and don't favor the wealthy. Judge your fellow righteously. Don't go as a talebearer among your people. But don't uh, stand by idly while your fellow's blood is being shed, evidently. I am Hashem. Now, if you think about it, these two psukim don't hang together very well. The first one is directed to the judges. And the second one is about gossip and about saving lives. It seems to be disjointed. And it has that summary phrase, Ani Hashem, which I pointed out in another shir we did years ago on Parsha Kedoshim, uh, is um, sort of the literary bookmark of the sec- segments of this. Which means these two psukim form a segment, and it's hard to figure out how they're a segment. We'll get back to that at the end. Now, do not hate your fellow in your heart. What does that mean? Does that mean you're allowed to curse at him and yell at him and just can't keep it in your heart? Unclear. You shall rebuke your fellow and don't bear a sin on his account. These three statements do not seem to hang together either. One is don't hate your fellow in your heart. The second thing is seemingly yell at him for stuff he's doing wrong. And don't bear a sin on his on his account. Again, these three seems to be dead, disparate statements. And then lotikom velotitor et amecha. So lotikom is clearly don't take exact vengeance. Lotitor literally means don't guard or don't watch. Watching what or guarding what? And against the people of your nation. And then, of course, the banner statement to the whole thing: so first of all, how do all these statements hang together? Even in just the part that's highlighted, these two psukim. And yet, and yet, don't garrison on his behalf. What's going on here? So I want to start from the end about lotikom velotitor with a an exegetical or actually an interpretive problem that's raised in parallel in France and in Provence at roughly the same time. Once the, by the Bechor Shor here, and then we'll see by the Ravan in a different context. Bechor Shor asked the question, Yosef Bechor Shor, student of Reynotam, 12th century in France, in Orleans. 
right? Loti Komvaloti Tori says as follows. Kamosha Pershu Abotenu, he's following Chazal's interpretation. Shaloti Sna'enu al Shalot. Don't hate him for his stuff. That's what he's saying. Veloti Torlo Eva im Eno Rotsela Shilacha Olatet Lacha. And don't guard anger that you have against him, enmity you have against him, if he won't lend or give you his stuff. Now, the Bechorshor, you'll see, has made Lotikon Velotitor all about financial things. We'll see why he says that. Right? And, And now he gives justification. When you ask somebody to borrow money or to borrow an item or for some help, maybe he can't or maybe he needs that thing. You know, maybe he's not refusing to give it to you out of enmity, but just out of uh, lack of, out of the circumstances. But if he steals it from you, that you could do. You could still hold on to the anger and you could take him to court and you could, if you need be, take the case into your own hands if that's if it calls for that. And then he asked the interesting question, How come the Torah never forbade me from withholding lending something to you? The first guy who started the problem is not the guy who's, who's bearing a grudge. It's the guy who did the thing you're bearing a grudge against. I went and asked you to borrow your car to pick up somebody at the airport. You said, no. How come you're not liable here? In other words, this guy won't lend me his car, and he's got no claiming it. I didn't do anything to him. He's not lending me his car because he's a mean guy. I have a good reason to be angry at him. He wouldn't lend me his car. So that's Alashili. He's here below him. That makes no sense. I come up to him and I say, can I borrow your uh, dust buster? And you say, no. You didn't do anything wrong. The Torah doesn't say no. And now, and you have no good reason to be mean to me. And yet you didn't lend it to me. On the other hand, when I say, I'm not going to lend it to you because you didn't lend it to me. And I have a good reason not to lend it. Suddenly, I'm liable. Doesn't make sense. <laughs> so he says, he's here, but right. So now, Ikalamagar said, This is what I think it is. Shoto, this is why he said what he did at the beginning. He didn't not like me, and that's why he didn't lend me the thing. He didn't want to lend it. You're never obligated to lend things out you don't want to lend. He likes his scythe. He doesn't want to lose it. He likes his car. He doesn't trust the other guy to drive it. But you clearly lend out your things. Haraya, you're a borrower. And you would have lent it to him if it weren't for the fact that you're angry at him and you want to take vengeance. The reason you're not lending it to him is not because you don't want to lend out your shovel. You would. You're not lending it because you're angry at him. In other words, what's causing the non-lending? In his case, the first guy, his non-lending was caused because he needed the item or was too expensive or whatever. In the case of when you didn't lend it back, it was only one thing causing it, which was normally I'd lend it, but you're a jerk. I don't like you. So it's my hatred and my anger at you that's keeping him from lending it. Yeah, Jason. Is there a limit to how many times someone can say no before you say I'm not giving it to you? What does that mean? Meaning, let's say three times you borrow, wanted to borrow and he says no. Different things, same thing, doesn't matter. At right. a certain point, can you say this guy is a, is a leech or a mooch or whatever, and I, I, I don't want to lend to him? Right. So then, according to the way the Bechoshor is explaining it, 
It would depend on the following. Are you saying I'm not going to lend to him because every time I ask him, he's not going to lend me. I'm going to get him back by not lending him. That you're never allowed to say. But if you're saying, I see this as a guy who uh, who is very, uh, you know, very self-focused with his items, and I'm afraid that he's not going to take good care of my item, then you could say, I don't want to lend it to you because I'm, I don't know how well you're going to take care of my item. Right? That's a different thing. It was, according to him, it's saying it's what's driving the non-lending. That's what he's saying. I understand. I'm just wondering if that's a one-time thing. No, there's, there's the no Torah. Why? Yeah, meaning because why? maybe after, maybe when a person builds up a certain uh, over time, it, Jason, it's the same thing. If you're not lending it to him because you're getting back at him, that's never mutar. It doesn't matter how many times he's done stuff to you. If you're not lending to him because you have a need for the item or because you don't trust that he'll take good care of the item or you just don't lend items out, that's fine. And it has nothing to do with numbers. I hear what you're saying. It just seems it doesn't seem fair because it means that because like in the business context, we have it in in, in the term of referrals. You make a referral to somebody, you refer them business two, three times, and then you find out that they're not referring you business. You stop giving them business. It's a it's it's a totally natural outcome. but, But that's a little bit different. I'll tell you why that's different. Then I want to continue. Yeah, because in that case, the whole system is built on reciprocity. Right. So when this guy is not reciprocating and he's not driving people in a different direction, you're not saying I'm angry at you because you weren't not you weren't nice to me. So I'm going to stop being nice to you. That's different. Here you're saying there's a business model and the business model depends on a certain level of cooperation and you're dropping out of the cooperation. So we can't have that relationship. I mean, that would like be saying I have a partner and we've agreed every other day he opens the store and every other day I open a store. And then he keeps coming late when, on his day. I don't think there's anything wrong with breaking up the partnership. You're not doing it because you're angry at him. You're just saying because the business model's not working. Now, does this only have to do with borrowing, or does it also have to do with lending money? At this point, all we see is borrowing, but borrowing okay. could involve lending money. We're going to see how far it'll go. Watch. Okay. Um, okay, so now, Watch this beautiful beautiful language. It's a gorgeous line. He says, I want the love that you have for me, God says, to overrule and outrank the hatred that you have for this guy. Lend it to him because you love me. And don't take vengeance. And guess what? That'll bring peace between you guys. So that's good for everybody. And he says, he brings another example of when you see your enemy's donkey and bearing, you have to help him, right? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want your love for me to outrank that because that's going to bring love between you guys, okay? Now, um, the interesting thing is, do we say that nekama and nitira, meaning, as the way we're interpreting it now, taking vengeance, meaning I'm going to give you tit for tat, what you did to me, I'm going to do for you. Or shall we say, what you withheld from me, I'm going to withhold from you. Not because I want to withhold it, but because I'm angry at you. Or Titor would be seem to say, I'm going to hold on to that anger inside and maybe express it. Is that because those things are inherently bad things? I would think not. Because we have a pasuk in Nachum that describes God in exactly those terms. Nachum starts... Nahum's uh, oracle against Assyria. El Kanovano came Adonai. God is a jealous and avenging God. 
No came Adonai of Alchema. He takes vengeance and he's filled with anger. No came Adonai that Sarav Vinoter Hulo Evad. He takes vengeance from his enemies. And Noter, again, what that word means, to guard. We'll have to see what it means. Against those who are, again, his enemies. Right? And then, nonetheless, Adonai Erech Hapayim Gokoach Vanakeh Loi Nakeh. So we're hearing, starting here, the, the, the components of, of, uh, of compassion. How do we put this together? So the Midrash and Kohelet Rabbah addresses this issue. It says, the Bnei Yisrael turn to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say, you tell us, and there's a couple examples here, you tell us, lo tenasu, we're not supposed to test you, and yet you tested Aram. You tell us, lo tikom veloti tor, and yet you're no kem venoter. Right? And so they, to explain it, Rabbi Levi said to Rav, Rabbi Levi gave him a mashal, the Rav shayam mitzavet talmidot. So the master was teaching his apprentice, don't corrupt justice. In the meantime, the master is corrupting justice. Don't favor people in court. And the master is doing it. In other words, this is a classic case of do what I say and not what I do. So the student says, the apprentice says to him, Rebbe, what's mutter for you and us for me? He said, be careful and listen to what I said. I didn't say it's wrong to do this. I said, you can't do this to Yisrael. You can't lend Yisrael with interest. You can lend to non-Jews. And here's the conversation, the Midrashic conversation. You wrote that we're not allowed to do and here in Nachum it says, you do that. You do that. I do not guard and hold on to my enmity against Israel. But against the nations, I do. And you also are allowed to hold on to, and it's a very appropriate for Shoah, hold on to anger and a grudge against the non-Jews. You're supposed to take vengeance against the Midianim for on behalf of Bnei Israel. And that's the, the, the jump off pasuk in the Midrash. So we see that, that Nekama and Tira are presented, at least in this Midrash, as not absolutely unethical things to do, but rather circumstantially, meaning that they're limited to relationships that we're, that we're supposed to have with each other as members of a nation. Famously, the Torah Kohanim, and I'm just going to summarize this quickly, the Torah Kohanim describes what Nikama is and what Netira is, and gives the example always about borrowing items. I say to you, can I borrow your shovel? You don't lend it to me. The next day you come to me and say, can I borrow your shovel? And I say, I'm not going to lend you the shovel because you didn't lend me the shovel. Again, like the Bechor Shor says, what's causing my not lending is my anger at you that you didn't lend to me. And the Tira is, that you come and want, I want to borrow a shovel from you, you say no. And the next day you come to me and I say, I'll lend you the shovel because I'm not like you and I'm willing to lend. Right? So that's Nitira. So what does Nitira then mean? It means to hold on, to guard, meaning I'm not letting go of that angry feeling. All right, Nitira. We're going to see more about that as we move on. Now, interestingly, the Ra'avad here, again, Provence, 12th century, the Ra'avad, in his commentary on the Sifra, 
says the exact same thing that Bukhar Shor said. He said, some people wonder, how come the first guy who wouldn't lend anything has no censure? And he says the exact same thing. He wasn't not lending because of hatred. He was not lending because of some other reason, some other side reason. So I want to take you to yet a third source of Elotikom Velotitor, and then I'm going to raise what the question is. The Mishnah in Masachet Nidarim mentions this prohibition in an interesting context. As we all, we're all familiar with Hatarat Nidarim. And Hatarat Nidarim means a person took a nether and they want to be released from it. But in order to be released from it, you need what we refer to as a petach. A petach means a legitimate justification explaining why the nether was done short-sightedly, there's real regret, etc. And in the Mishnah, in the ninth parak of Nedarim, it talks about Pitchei Nedarim. Rav Meir lists different things that could be used, such as Kiburah Ve'em. If you had known that your parents would be so embarrassed about the fact that you took this nether, would you have taken it? No, okay, Mutalach. You can also use, as a crowbar, you can use tzukim. From Rimlo, you say to the guy who comes and says, I took a neder, <clears throat> in which I forbade this guy from walking on my lawn. And now this guy's angry at me. If you had known that you'd be violating the law of lotikom velotitor, or the prohibition against hating another person, or not fulfilling that, or in any of the interpersonal things, if you had known that you'd be in violation of those, for instance, let's say that you, you've said, I'm, this guy can't get Hanar from me, and then it suddenly becomes poor, and you can't give him staka, so you're not fulfilling the mitzvah of supporting somebody. And the penitent says, had I known that that would be the case, I wouldn't have taken the neder. You can release the neder. That's what mayor. Point is that we look at lotikom velotitor as a staple of the interpersonal relationships that get violated with the neder. But one thing I want to show you here is, look at the language. Lotikom velotitor is presented as one statement. And separately, ve'al lotis not bavicha. Ve'al after, right? These are all separate statements. Lotikom velotitor is presented here as a single prohibition. Parenthetically, the Rishalmi here has a fantastic explanation of it, which is going to be core for us. The Rishalmi asks, "How couldn't we expect somebody not to take nekama? Think about it. You hurt me. I'm going to hurt you back. You refuse to help me. I'm going to refuse back." And like Jason said, in the business model, after some time, it becomes unworkable. So the Rishalmi says as follows. Let's say you were cutting some meat, and the, the knife fell out of your hand and cut off your hand. You're going to try to cut off the other hand? In other words, the Rishalmi, in one quick sentence, is giving an entire hashkafa of interpersonal relationships among Am Yisrael. If I slip, and I have a knife in my hand, I slip, and the knife hits me in the shoulder, am I then going to hurt my hand because my hand hurt my shoulder? The idea of Am Yisrael is all one body, the body politic of Kal Yisrael, the corporate Am Yisrael. If one hurts another, you're not going to go back and hurt that the original one. And that's touching both on Lotikom and Lotitor. Notice, they're not just coming again on the Kamat. So let's see how this whole thing works. 
Um, as you can see in the Rambam, here in Source 7, the Rambam considers Lotikom and Lotitor to be separate Isurim. Distinct from, from Mitzvah, this is the Lotaseis, there's the Lotasei number Shinbet, in which he says the prohibition of hating another Jew. Then there's Shin Dalad, which is Nikama, and Shin Hei is Nitira. He gives the definitions that are that are in the Sifri, right? That we in the Sifra that we saw about the lending things, etc. However, there's a wild statement in the Mishnah where He quotes a Gemara that I, nobody's been able to find, but he quotes a Gemara. In the Mishnah Lamelech and Hilchot Biat Mikdash, talking about the Kohen not being able to go into the Kodesh or the Kodesh Kodeshim when he's Tamei. And the question is, why do you need to say both? So, Hadam Rimi Muhammad Duchti, it's a side comment, he says, Ba Zevli made al Sometimes the Torah will say a less obvious thing and then go ahead and say a more obvious thing, which, if you think about it, is redundant, because the more obvious thing teaches you that the less obvious thing is that less obvious thing. In other words, I wouldn't know how to define item one. Item two comes along and helps me define it. And he gives an example. Kigon, lotikom velotitor. Lotikom velotitor, he says, is an example of this. Tikshuba gemara, he says, the gemara asked. Nobody can find this gemara. But the gemara asked, v'lichtov kra lotitor. Why does the Torah just say lotitor? Don't bear a grudge. Because you came to Kima, and then Kalvacham, right? No, I can't take vengeance. If I can't bear a grudge, I certainly can't take vengeance. And he said, the Gemara answers, again, a Gemara we can't find, answers that Lotitor comes to teach me what Lotikom is. If it didn't say Lotitor, I mean, my Lotitor, what does Lotitor mean? Nikima. Right? So if it only said Lotitor, um, lotitor, I would think lotitor means actually taking vengeance. I want to see Rashari, but just bearing a grudge might be mutter. Since it uses both terms, I have to interpret one of them is actually taking vengeance, and the other one is holding on to a grudge, even though you don't take vengeance. Now, what's really fascinating about that statement is it assumes that lotikom velotitor is one prohibition, not two. It assumes that it's one prohibition in which there's segments to it, which is you're not allowed to do A and you're certainly not allowed to do B. Which is why in the title of the Shi'ur, the way I defined it was vengeance and bearing a grudge, vengeance or even bearing a grudge. And those are the two possibilities. Are the two prohibitions? One is you can't take vengeance. The other one is can't bear a grudge. Or is it one one prohibition, which is you can't take vengeance or even bear a grudge? And then there's yet a third possibility, as we'll see. And all of this still doesn't speak to what I'm going to get to in the last two minutes, which is how to reassess the psukim. The Gemara in Yoma, in the second parak, makes an odd statement. Quoting Rabbi Shem Tzadak, Rabbi Yochanan says, Kol she'ino nokem v'noter. Notice, nokem v'noter. Kenachash. Any Talmud Chacham that doesn't take vengeance and, gar- and bear a grudge, however we're going to interpret it, like a snake. Which makes it sound like when the Talmud Chacham's honor has been slighted, he has to stand on it. He has to, he has to not be forgiving. 
but doesn't the Torah say and now remember I told you why you asked about whether it's only about money the Gemara says is about financial things, lending things borrowing things, not about slights to honor, slights to honor you're allowed to, to have, this by the way is very difficult because we would assume as the Gemara goes on to say that really an elevated person should be somebody who if his honor is slighted forgives it and lets it go so I want to point your attention. You see the footnote one at the bottom in Maseni Sim, which was a, a book written by the Rambam's son, in which he responded to questions asked about the Rambam's Shuvot. He has a version in the Gemara, which is different than ours. It says, meaning that loti convolotitor is about personal things, either money or your reputation being slighted about you. When is the Talmud Chacham supposed to stand up and not forgive when somebody's sliding the Torah. When somebody's offense is not a personal offense, but offense to the Torah, to the Chachamim as a group, etc. But notice two things that have happened in this sugya. The first thing is, no ken v'noter is now a unit. It's not separate things. No ken v'noter. And the second thing is that we then identify that sometimes that's an appropriate stance to take, whether it's not mamon things or whether it's divine things, whatever it may be. Um, and I want to show you one last thing before looking at the Psukim again. In the in, in the in Hilchot Deod, where the Rambam lays out the rules of Nikama, he says, not allowed to do Nikama, and he defines it. Again, I borrowed this from you. I want to borrow this. You wouldn't lend me. Now I'm not going to lend to you. That's Nikama. Then we have Nitira. And now watch what the Rambam says about Nitira. It's wild. He says, when you didn't lend me something, I should wipe it out from my heart. And when you want to borrow it from me, not only I should lend it to you, but I should lend it to you with a smile and not say, oh, I'm going to lend it to you because I'm not like you. Watch. Don't hold on to it. As long as you hold on to that item and you that anger, you may end up taking vengeance. Notice what the Rambam does. He says, Loti kom veloti tor, separate surim, but they're linked. How are they linked? That if you allow yourself to hold on to the anger you have, that the guy didn't lend something to you, and you bear that grudge, the next thing will happen is you will take Nikama. You will say, I'm not going to lend it to you. Since the Rambam sees these two things as being inextricably tied in. So now I'd like to reassess the psukim. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with the first and I, and I I want to look at them a little differently. Because what the Torah is doing here is not only telling us what to do and what not to do, but why. Right? You have to judge fairly. Rather, meaning the green is telling you what you should do instead. Don't do this, do that instead. So now, the first case is, you have two litigants come before you. Don't do this. Don't cause corruption of justice. Don't favor this one. Don't favor that one. Don't favor him because he's rich. Don't favor him because he's poor. Rather, judge favorably. Judge, I'm sorry, properly. And then, do not be a talebearer. And now, the third component that comes in these two came is what the ultimate goal is. The ultimate goal is to gain lo tamor adam 
This entire line is about Lotamon Adam Reacha. However, Lotamon Adam Reacha can play several ways. One of them is people come before you and you have an opportunity, you're judging. If you corrupt the justice, you're essentially causing harm to somebody. And now by tailbearing, which is a milder form, because it's not an act of justice, but it's a more insidious kind of act, you can also cause someone harm. By avoiding these things, you will fulfill Don't stand by while your neighbor is, while your friend is bleeding. And it ends with the signature on the Hashem. Now let's get to our psukim. Lo, I want to read it as follows. Those are the two prohibitions. Don't hate your fellow in your heart, which means don't act on that hatred and don't hold on to the hatred. Okay, so what's the solution? Rather, what should you do? Meaning, your friend has hurt you. Talk to him about it. Tell him, I'm not happy that you didn't lend me that thing. Tell him, I'm not happy that you didn't help me out. Talk to him. Now, is understand halachically to rebuke him in a way that won't cause yourself to sin, which means you rebuke him and embarrass him. Of course, that would be terrible. But I think that we can also add on, don't allow his behavior towards you to become a sin for you. And the way you get out of it is talk to him. Tell him, you did this to me. And now continuing on, you've helped, you, somebody's done something to you and you're angry at him and you didn't talk to him. Or you did talk to him and it didn't help. Lotikom, don't act on it. Velotitor, don't even hold on to that hatred. It's all one piece. Because what's the ultimate goal you have to have? And is what drives the Yerushalmi to say, you know what Nikama, the problem with Nikama is? Nikama is one part of the body hurting the other part of the body makes no sense. Since the ultimate goal is that's the, the crescendo of this entire series. And you have to look at another fellow with the same concern you have for yourself. Therefore, Nikama and Tira makes no sense. So what do you do? You're human. Another guy insulted you. The answer is, talk to him. Have a conversation with him. And by the way, Jason, here the numbers play a role. You don't give up on somebody. You don't say, I tried to talk to him, he wouldn't listen. Try again. Try differently. Try through somebody else. Try in a different setting. Keep trying. Because that's what you got to do. Because the ultimate goal is, so the stuff in red are the warning signs. These are what you got to avoid. But you don't avoid it because there's no solution, and you don't avoid it because there's no reason. You avoid it, there's a solution, talk to them. And you avoid it. The reason is because ultimately you're supposed to be part of and create a society of relationships in which people have I mean, as much care for the other fellow as they want for people to have for them. And of course, I would never want someone to behave like that towards me. Remember, how did it start? You wouldn't lend me your shovel. I don't like it when you don't lend me the shovel. So because of after I'm going to go out of my way to lend you the shovel. And hopefully that ultimately brings the Kedoshim to you and the Holy Society as a unified society together.